0: what's up party people welcome to romancing nancy drew i'm your host indy nickerson which stands for nancy drew nickerson you can find me at that handle on twitter or you can find me at romancing nancy on twitter and i've got my buy me a coffee link up in the bio of that page and i'm like should i do a patreon because patreon seems kind of faster but uh we'll see (laughs) i mean honestly if i did i'd set it up as like one dollar for all the actual backing anyway today we were talking about mystery of the moss-covered mansion which came out in 1941 um this one (laughs) when i was thinking about it last night while i was reading it i was like nancy's actually pretty much arguing in favor of a robust social safety net for this like if you take all the nancy dream mystery stories the original ones like She's like, my job here would be done if we just had a fucking robust social safety net. I'm just saying. Um, this one has two plots. The first one is that Nancy's father is working on a case and is trying to find a missing heiress because, of course, because, again, robust social safety net. Like, that is their social safety net in 1941 is, are there any heiresses who may owe you? Like, you need to look into that. The other thing is that Nancy and her friends are on her way to meet her father and find this moss-covered mansion. I know, you would never have guessed. You were like, how would this play a role in this story? So at the very beginning of the story, they're like, where's Bess? And you say, who is they? And it's Nancy and George. They're on their way to a town called Ashley, which Every single book in this damn series is like, I'm just going to make up a new place name. Like, it's fine. Whatevs. I cannot be bothered to remember exactly where any shit is. And I stand for it. It's fine. They're on their way to Ashley, but they have to take a detour because in 1941, roads were like, I mean, whatevs. So (laughs) during their detour, they actually end up fording a river. (laughs) I was like, are we Oregon trailing this shit? Like, seriously, oh my God, are we going to caulk some wagons? Are we going to shoot some squirrels? But anyway, they pulled off the road and I can't, I think that they're refilling a fucking water jug, which again, it's 1941 industrial chemicals, fucking hell, but they can't find Bess. They're on that detour, and they're not even sure if they're going the right way. So Nancy and George start looking for her, and Bess, like, bursts out of the underbrush, like, looking like she's been scared out of her mind. And they're like, Bess. And she's like, yeah, we need to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, what happened? And she said, well, I was trying to go to this house to ask for directions, and I heard screams, and it was just real, real bad, and let's just go. Let's just go. And Nancy and George, of course, are like, I ain't a scared of shit. Let's let's just go check it out. And Bess is like, pfft. I would stay in the car, but okay. So, they all go up to this house. It's all overgrown, and when they walk up to it, actually, they look at it and go, "This looks like fucking Revolutionary War dates back to," which is really interesting because I do love the ghostwriters. Like, I'm not gonna give you any damn architectural details. Just imagine Revolutionary War dwelling, and there you are. But it's been added onto, which again makes sense if you've got a family dwelling but that's fine they walk up to the house and they do hear some like weird screaming and there's one point where george like basically walks into this overgrown lily pond as one does and so she's drenched and she's like yeah i'm out like i I ain't here for this shit and he's, he's like well let's just at least go knock on the door and see who lives here and george is like oh okay So they walk up to the door, they pound on it, and this bearded guy answers and is like, go away. And Nancy's like, who, like, what, we heard screams. And he's like, go away, and just slams the door, which, I respect this. (laughs) He's put up a note, like, literally, they walk past a no trespassing sign to haul their asses up to this house. And he's like, go away. And I'm like, yeah, you are being completely on brand. Like, you have, you've been clear about this. There's one point, let me just stay for the record at this point that um they get back to the house roughly forty seven thousand times, and I'm not going to be able to tell you what happened when because that's just not how this works <laughs> like every twelve hours, Nancy's like, "We need to go back, and they're like, "Do we really though? like, holy shit, So they look up at the windows, and the windows all seem to be like they've got like screens over them or bars or whatever and they're like is this like a prison and Nancy's like i don't think that a state run institution would look this shitty like in the middle of nowhere like no signs telling you what it no, i don't i don't think it's a prison they're like maybe it's an insane asylum and Nancy's like that sounds closer like i'm just deeply curious about this place and but they need to go so they actually were trying to get to where they were going before nightfall because again when night falls in river heights who the fuck knows what's going to crawl out so they get back on the road they actually um run into a fisherman of course while they're fording some rivers and the fisherman's like oh yeah just um you've missed the road that you wanted but just go up here and turn left and you'll be fine and they're like oh okay so they cross two rivers like i road situations in these books are always like super sketchy like whenever there's a detour it's because Nancy needs to see a clue or see something on the side of the road that she needs to interact with it's like you have a side quest like if there's a detour it's like you have a side quest or the main quest in the case of this book but like there's like bridges where it's one lane there's like wooden bridges where it's just one lane and they're like yeah this is in pretty shitty shape like we need some infrastructure right the fuck now um, and then, like, driving across fucking rivers, like, they're following a path. It's not like that's not true, but, uh, so, anyway, so they, the fisherman tells them where to go. The fisherman actually seems fairly friendly, which, um, for these books, you're like, is it because you're a scam artist? It's fine. Seriously, everybody's divided into friends and scam artists. <laughs> they eventually make it there, which, the road is super shitty as established and so they're like bouncing up and down to the springs and everything it's just not great and nancy has brought a present for her father's birthday and you're like oh carson ages well we're not going to tell you how old he is because you don't deserve to know but her friends are like oh what did you get him for your birthday for his birthday and nancy's like oh i got him a picture of me and they're like Of course. Of course you did. Which honestly, like if I were like eight years old and reading this, I'd be like, that is the most ridiculous present I can imagine. But now that I'm a parent, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, actually, that would be a pretty kick ass present. Um, It's not a picture because they're like, oh, so you got a like portrait made. And she's like, oh, it's in oil. Like I went and posed for an oil painter and had my portrait done. And she was like, I can only afford like this size because, you know, he's pretty well respected. And I was like, I have so many questions. Does Carson give her like a here's how much you can spend from my birthday allowance because I'm paying everything for you? Unless Nancy's like pawning her loving cups on the weekends just so that she can feed her raging habits. But anyway, but the problem is, of course, in transit, because they're bouncing around like just ridiculously the painting has gotten scratched up a little bit in one corner so they show up at the the b&b they're at, they're at the weirdest airbnb possible well that's not true they're at a fucking plantation airbnb like god god and it's even it's not even like it's a legit like bed and breakfast um it's a boarding house but like they pull up and it's like legit plantation which again i'm gonna establish this the Nancy Drew mystery stories are set in the Midwest. So for her to pull up to this thing that like is legit presenting itself as just like, it's got the columns. It's, it's given real plantation vibes. They never like specifically said that word, but it's the, all of the description because remember all the architectural details that were missing on the revolutionary Warhouse, Like we're getting them all here. Um, All the servants are colored, which, again, like, it's like Get Out vibes where he's like, I know, it's so cliche that it's a white family with black servants, which, no, they're leaning in real hard, and all the black servants talk in dialect, like, all the THs are Ds, and it's just real cringe, and mm, there's nothing that's like, oh, you're just super lazy, like, we're not feeding into any of the stereotypes, but there is, like, a whole lot of, oh, I love working, which... Yeah. Again, we're going to focus on the robust social safety net, not so much on racial relations and the Nancy Drew Mystery Stories original versions. So again, 1941. God. So, um, they pull up, Carson's not there yet, which there are some books where like Carson gets kidnapped and shit. So I was like, oh shit, is this one of those? But no, no, it's not. Um, he just rolls up pretty soon after, but, um, he had called ahead and he was like, I'll be there at like eight. And so, Mrs. Lee, who is the person who owns the plantation B&B, is like, oh, well, he's, he said he'll be here soon. We're going to get dinner ready for him. Nancy's like, oh, I wanted to make a cake. And we were just running late. And there was this big weird house that we passed by and blah, blah. So Mrs. Lee is like, oh, well, I've done some art restoration in my time. I was taught by somebody oh I think it was Campbell I think it was Campbell it doesn't fucking matter I don't remember anyone's names in this damn book so it doesn't matter um she was like yeah I was taught by him and then he was deployed or some shit so but I've still got my paint in the attic and Nancy's like fantastic so between the two of them they end up repairing the painting Mrs. Lee gets a cake for dinner because you know why not actually she has her cook make a cake like nancy walks in and she's like oh my god you're putting icing on a cake and mrs lee's like yeah we were planning this since this morning like hello which again you're doing so much better than hallmark movies which are like i'm going to bake and frost a cake within an hour which just enrages me also they never tie their hair back thank you for allowing me this digression if you're gonna cook shit fucking tie your hair back this has been a psa um So her dad comes in, they repaired the painting. Uh, although the person that Nancy sat for who did the painting was like a real snarky asshole about everything and was like, You better not put that painting in a car, because if it gets fucked up, I will come for you. I will just haunt your ass for the all of eternity. And Nancy's like, Can you please just turn it down a notch? Just just one, just one notch. So she's like, if he ever sees us, he is going to kick my ass so hard. It's okay. So she shows it to her dad. She's like, Dad, it's your birthday. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten. Which, again, like, really? Uh, okay. Like, now I've got questions. Was he discovered in a basket? And so they just make up a new birthday for him every year. We we don't know. We don't really get any hint into Nancy's fam. Like, honestly, now that I think about it, you've got Carson. And, like, Carson just sprang from the ocean like a Greek goddess but Nancy's mom who again is never a character and is like only alluded to and that she's somebody that Nancy needs to be sad about um her family like came from Scotland but we don't get to that yet so it's fine again digressing oh my god it's because they return to the house like 47,000 times it's like we got to go back for vague reasons what the first reason I have to go back is that George says that she dropped a watch, which was a birthday present. This this one's all about fucking birthdays, like just anyway. And George is like, "I love that watch. I've got to go back and find it." And Bess is like, "You do you. Like I'm cool with never going back there and hearing weird screaming from behind barred windows. Like that's just not on my bingo card for today, like or ever, really." So while Mrs. Lee is helping Nancy fix this painting that got fucked up in transit uh, while they were organ trailing some shit, um, she tells Nancy that what she knows about the house is that somebody with the last name of Hurd, why the fuck do I remember that? The last name is spelled H-U-R-D, um, did build the house during revolutionary war times, but his name was like anachronistic to me. It was like Taylor. And I was like, is that a a revolutionary war name? Is Taylor, it just feels very modern, but Okay. Okay. Um, He built the house, his family lived there, and eventually they all died of some weird disease, like, and everyone's like, that house is haunted, it's, it's poison, the air around there is poison, just don't go up to it, it's bad, it's bad, so all that family has died out, and, like, no one really knows who's handling the house now, like, it looks abandoned, nobody's really checking into it, Nancy's like yeah, there's, like, weird screaming and no trespassing signs, and that just seems super sketched to me, and Mrs. Lee's like, "Uh, okay, like, I I would still say don't go there. Even the fisherman who gave them directions is like, yeah, maybe stay away from that house, and Nancy, of course, this is like fucking catnip to her. She's like, so, like, I need to know what's going on in there, and everyone's like, but do you? Like, you, you could just walk away from that. And he's, he's like, well, we need to find George's watch. And you're like, sure, honey. That's, mm-hmm, yep, totally valid reason. Carson's case is that he's actually trying to... Remember how I mentioned Campbell earlier? Because Pete. um, The Campbell family, the father died, the mom died, and left a daughter named June. And she has inherited, like, $92,000, which Alexis... 42. It's 42. She inherited $42,000, which in today's money is like $965,000. So she's just under a million of inheritance that she was not expecting. She had no idea that this is a thing that she was going to get. So Carson's trying to track her down. That's why he's in Ashley is because that's the last known address that he has for her. And he's hoping that somebody in town knows where she might be because her family moved and blah, blah. Um, so, Like, Ned pops up the next day, he, like, Nancy looks outside and she's like, that's Ned's car. (laughs) And he's come up because, again, please, please explain to me how this makes any damn sense at all. Um, Ned walks up and he's like, yeah, your father's office gave me some papers to deliver here. Like, I seriously am like, is he like the Uber for Carson's business if Nancy's involved? If he's like, Nancy's at this location, I will do whatever damn errand you have anything that you got that I can go get up with my girl so uh Ned talks to Nancy and she's like yeah we found this creepy house and it's like that sounds like something that I'm not especially interested in like I'm just saying um I think that he does actually go up to the house with her and like the same thing happens because the same thing keeps happening over and over it's like trying to go into a level before you're ready for it and the door won't open like they go up to the house. They hear weird screaming. um they and George is like, "That's a lion. I've I've heard them at the zoo. That's a lion." And everyone's like, B- "How though? Like what the? Maybe it's just somebody pretending to be a lion." Anyway, so Nancy and Ned spend time together, and it's super cute. And he gets a a room. And I'm like, "Yes, yes, you do." And because Nancy's not staying with her dad in this one. So her dad has his own room, Ned has his own room, Nancy's staying with the girls, and I'm like, and she's sneaking out, it's fine, um, but anyway, so they spend time together, they go to a, Ned's like, yeah, I'm not interested in going to the house, so let's, let's do something else, so they go to a carnival, and they look around, and there's a cute little monkey who's doing tricks, and then somebody does something that scares him, and he, like, runs away, and everyone's like, oh my god, and the guy who was handling the monkeys, like, if anyone finds Impy, and I'm like, oh, that sounds bad, it's fine. Um, if anyone sees him, please, like, big reward. And so all the kids in the crowd are like, yeah, let's go find us a monkey, which I, I'm glad that, like, River Heights is not overrun with monkeys. The local area is not, because, oh my God, so many monkeys. Um. So yeah, but no one finds the monkey yet. For those of you who are like, I'm going to need some closure on the monkey situation. I am here for you. Um, So, yeah. And then Ned has to leave, like, the next day. And he's like, please just don't get eaten by a wild animal. I mean, it's a really fucking low bar. It's practically subterranean. Please don't get eaten by a wild animal. Like, just... Actually, he's like, please don't meet anyone. (laughs) He's like, I'm not going to tell you not to do anything. Just don't meet anybody else. (laughs) Ned is consistently on brand with that. He's like, uh, like, you know that you and I are like, mm. and Nancy's like, sure we are, honey, bye. So anyway, he leaves. It was super cute. She later gets a postcard from him and there's zero detail that's given, but it's fine. Um, So like I said, they visit the house like 47,000 times. George eventually finds the watch Um, while I can't remember what the fuck she's doing, but I think that she's, like, actually back at the B&B, the plantation B&B, where all sorts of shit's going down. And this guy walks up to her, and he's like, you know what happened to my brother? And Nancy's like, fucking what? And the dude's like, yes, you are 608. And Nancy's like, that's my license tag. What? He's like, yeah, you know what happened to my brother? He got shot. And Nancy's like, what? What do you? What? Because... When the bearded guy warned them off the property the first time, like he had a gun and then he shuts the door and then they hear the gun go off. And so Nancy's like, what the fuck is going on in there? Like, she's got a lot of questions. And so when she finds out that this dude is saying that his brother got shot, like near the moss covered mansion, she's like, I have a bearded dude who is just really trigger happy. And then I've got a dude who might have gotten shot. Like all the pieces are coming together. So she asks around because she's like, should I say that maybe, like, you know, go to the cops or whatever? And so when she asks around, they're like, yeah, he, um, the the guy who was shot died and, and got taken back by his family for a burial. And Nancy's like, uh, 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 what, uh, so it's a murder mystery. Oh, okay. Hmm. So she's kind of at a standstill because she can't po- prove anything and she has no idea what really happened. So she can't. Mm there's no ballistics there's no corpse we, we ain't got shit um there's one oh nancy has been out all night doing some shit i can't remember what it's fine like seriously there's points where they're looking for the guy there's points where they're looking for the monkey there's points where they're looking for the heiress like it's just just a lot of hide and go seek going on on this one um yeah so actually uh Bess and george decide to follow up on the mysterious shooting lead and so they go out there and the fisherman is like yeah I know where the body was found so he takes them there and they find a little business card that says Madam Curry fortune teller which remember how I said that Nostralda gave me super fortune tellery vibes it's because like fortune tellers are in every other book in this fucking series and they're always uniformly terrible like they might be under the influence of somebody else who is bad but mostly they're just bad people so she ain't here for that shit they also find like this little i think nancy finds like this little pearl handled revolver nearby that she picks up and with a handkerchief and puts in her pocket because nancy is aware of fingerprinting y'all um i can't remember if they find anything else i remember they found that little card and so that leads them to go see who this Madame curry is um in the meantime before they track down that lead um I can't remember who exactly they talked to. But somebody says, oh, yeah, Mrs. I don't care. This old lady. Let's just call her old lady. (laughs) This old lady lives nearby. And she basically helped raise um, June. So she might have some clue as to where she is. So Nancy and her friends go over to her house. And they're like, hey, did you know June? And the old lady's like, yeah, she was the best. And they're like, do you know where she is? And the woman's like, I think she moved to this nearby town with her family like I've got a picture of her and Nancy's like that'd be great because we don't have any pictures of her like we'd love to if we run into her know who the fuck we're looking at so she shows her a picture of her she's like well this is when she was like 14 so at least it gives you some idea like she's got red hair and dark eyes and they're flipping through the album and Nancy finds another copy of it and then all of a sudden the fucking roof caves in Okay when the old lady answered the door to the girls like she was initially like who are you and they're like yeah we're here to talk to you about June and she's like oh okay and I've talked about this before like immediately when Nancy walks into a person's house like there's this like not exactly lost cause-ish stuff going on but it's like faded elegance like you used to have money you used to have some power and again we're at we're definitely still in the Great Depression. Like, it's somebody who was a good, deserving person who got fucked up by, like, social circumstances. So she definitely, her her wardrobe, her furniture, everything is giving off this very faded elegance vibe. And so Nancy's like, she's good people. Like, that's how I judge people. Are they wearing some really old-fashioned earrings? And do they have kind eyes? Like, we've hit all the squares on the bingo card. It's a small bingo card. So uh, the fact that the plaster fucking falls out of the ceiling, and I'm talking like a good chunk of plaster. um Nancy gets her ass knocked out. the old woman's arm they think is broken, it ends up being just like dislocated um so it's just a fucking mess, and it of course destroys the photo album, so they don't have any pictures of her now, like that was it, and that was all she had um the old woman says that she got a card from one of June's old friends and so she thinks she might still have that and she does dig that out and find that address and so Nancy and her friends go to visit that person whose name I can't fucking remember we'll call her Violet Um, so she's like oh yeah I think that she was like gonna move to New York and marry this guy whose last name was Roland IDK and they're like do you have her address and she's like uh no we kind of lost track of each other so um, the Violet and the old lady, like, meet because they have a shared interest, and I think they knew each other from before, and they're like, yeah, June inherited all this money, and it's, it's incredible, and blah, blah. So, the dude who told Nancy that his brother got shot is named Ramo. Um, that's how I'm gonna pronounce it, because I'm not sure. He's definitely giving off a gypsy vibe, which, again, um, he's got a swarthy complexion and some super serious eyebrows, and is just wearing a bandana. He's like, could you more clearly be gypsy? Could you more clearly be Roman? Like, Romanian, basically. Which, again, like, these books, the darker your complexion is, the more suspicious we're going to be until you hit colored, in which case we're like, oh, servant. So, unless you got freckles, we all know about that. Um, Yeah. Ramo is listening when the old lady and Violet talk about June, and he's like, oh, yes. So, almost immediately Carson's like oh my god somebody contacted my office and said that um they're June and they're coming to collect their inheritance and poor Carson who has been looking for this chick for like way too long apparently is like oh thank god I found her and she's gonna get her inheritance and it's fine she the person who is claiming to be June and you're like "Eh, no of course she's not fucking of course she's not we're we're not even halfway through the book at this point um The person who shows up and says that she is June, like, wrote a letter and said, yeah, I was in a really bad fall, and I kind of had a head injury, and so, yeah. And when she shows up and she's talking to the two people who actually knew June, she's like, yeah, I've had some work done, so I don't quite look like I did. And they're like, oh, and she's like, yeah, and I'm just not really talkative about anything and george is like oh let me take a picture of everybody which honestly the book presents as completely like she doesn't have any ulterior motive in doing this george is just like oh this is a happy thing like you're you're meeting up with your old friends let's take a picture and quote june is like no pictures are stupid like (laughs) the anti-instagram if you will so she just like flounces off, and they're like, "Oh, okay, no pictures then because again, she doesn't want any evidence of what's about to happen um while they're there, like Nancy has been there to supervise the restoration of the house because they actually have the dinner at the old lady's house, and like they've replastered the ceiling. Ramo came by and tried to start some shit like Every single time Nancy sees Ramo, who's like, what happened with my brother? And what are, like, he just threatens her. And so Carson's like, he should be thrown in jail. Like, what the fuck? I ain't here for this shit. And Nancy's like, it's fine. So Nancy actually volunteers to stay at the house while they're doing the restoration. And when she sees Ramo, she's like, I need to not act timid in any way. So she acts very confident when she's like, you need to get out of here. The workers are going to be showing up soon. Just step off. And he, he does which is interesting but um there's one point in the book where he actually it says that he disabled her car but there's no proof that he actually did although he's the only suspect so um he just disconnected a bunch of shit and my favorite thing is that it's like she's she's trying to start the car her dad comes back and tries to start the car and then he pops the hood and he looks underneath and he's like look at this mess and the ghostwriter is like I'm not going to give you a single damn detail. You just imagine that it's a bunch of tubes and wires and some of them are not there. Like, cool. Again, respect. So they have to get her car fucking towed to a service station. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to order these parts because of course they are. So Nancy's without a car for a while and she ends up having to bum rides off everybody. Like a teenager, like the teenager that she is. And the book actually says, like, ever since she started River Heights High School, like, everybody knew that she was into mysteries, which we kind of, like, keep slightly retconning her. Like, at first it was like, oh, the secret of the old clock is her first real mystery. And then it was like, oh, she's been solving mysteries forever until eventually we get back to, like, the Nancy Drew notebooks where it's like, as soon as she could form words, she was asking suspects what they had been doing at the time of the crime. So, it's fine. Seriously. It's fine. That doesn't really bother me as much. Um, yeah, so they're there, the old lady's house. Everybody decides to sleep over because it's been a crazy party, y'all. We're just having uh, so much fun. We do not want to stop. So Nancy has to, I can't remember what she has to leave the house to do exactly or anything. I think that like June is staying over at the house and So Nancy and her friends actually go back to the B&B. It's, like, super late. And then Nancy, like, reaches in her pocket and finds a key and is like, oh, shit, this is the key to the old lady's house. I really need to return it. Maybe I should go out there right now. And it's, like, 11 fucking p.m. at night. But it's fine. So she pulls up and she sees a fucking massive ladder up to the second story that somebody is climbing. And she's like, what the fuck? And so she, like, leaps out of the car goes up to the house. And it was Ramo, of course, who... Runs off and gets in a car. Nancy can't find where he is. She goes up into the into the room that the ladder was leading up to, and it's the room that June, quote, was staying in, and everything's been cleaned out and June is gone, and June had all the money. Quote June had all the money. So she won't who she said she was, clearly. Um the door's locked from the inside. They and so Nancy has to climb up the ladder, the ladder falls down, she grabs a tree on the like again with the Nancy already is a superhero like y'all just need to accept that so yeah June is quote June is gone she's taken all the money like Carson handed it all to her in cash um yeah so he was supposed to be looking for any he, he turned it all over to an impostor. so that's where we're going to pick up with for the next segment So here's the fun thing about the fact that Carson's let somebody just walk off with all that fucking money, Um, which Nancy's pretty sure she knows who it is almost immediately. Um, Carson guarantees that he'll replace the money, which, again, I'm like, he is not middle class. Under what fucking circumstances can you possibly fucking describe him as middle class if he's like well, it's going to be tough, and I'm going to replace that money. Like, I'd just look at them and just laugh and declare bankruptcy. Like, immediately, I'd be like, wow, I fucked up. I'm going to just fake my own death. But that's fine. So, of course, they have to figure out who, first off, who took the money and then where June actually is. So, Nancy's pretty sure that Ramo is involved with Mrs. Madam Curry because of the placement of the note and everything. So, she goes to... Where I think that she actually has to ask somebody where Madame Curry works, and it's like Carbon City or something. It's fine. Anyway, they pull up, and there's this really nice blue, like really tricked out car that a salesman drives up, parks in front of the place where her um, work is advertised. And then she comes out and she's like, oh my gosh, it's perfect, yes. And he's like, do you want me to demonstrate it for you? And she's like, no, just hand me the keys. And Nancy, Bess, and George are watching this and they're like, so she's already spending this money. Like, Madam Curry is definitely not the person who was posing as June. Like, they figured that out. But she's got a daughter who, like, bears enough resemblance that she's probably the person who was doing this. So Ramo comes out with Madam Curry and a heavily veiled with a blue veil. I love it. Like, let's bring back colored veils. Um, she brings her out to the car and Nancy sees him and she's like, okay, Bess and George go run and get a cop and I'm going to try to stop them. So Bess and George run to a payphone or whatever the fuck. And Nancy runs up to the car and she's like, stop. And they're like, uh, no. And so she actually like opens the door and gets into the car, which in terms of strategic movement does not feel like one to me because then they can be like, okay, bye. And just like, peel out from the curb with you and then just dispose of your corpse later. It's like a win-win really. Um, but anyway, um, Rama's like, no, get out of the car. And so they eventually like shove her out of the car. So when the cops pull up, Nancy's in the middle of the road, kind of dazed and the car's gone. And she's like, well, I've got the license number. And the cop's like, that's helpful. So at least we got that. So they pet out like an APB. They're looking for the three of them. And Nancy, Bess, and George are, like, trying to help with the manhunt because, of course, because they are charmed this way. So they stop at a service station to get more gas in the car, and Nancy glances into, like, the service part and sees that the car that they have been pursuing is back there. And she's like, they're here, they're here. So she asks the attendant, she's like, whose car is that? And he's like, oh, well, they just traded it for another one because it had some minor engine problems. And so they said they were in a hurry, and so they just kind of traded this car for that one. And Nancy's like, okay, first off, we're going to need to call the cops again and tell me everything about the car that you gave them. So... Anyway, they're clearly, like, trying to haul ass and get out of there. But Nancy's pretty sure that they probably have some more scams going, so, yeah. Just to close up the monkey loop, um, <laughs> during one of their 37,000 trips out to the moss-covered mansion, they, a pine cone, like, hits the car, and they look up, and the monkey's hanging from a branch, like, fucking throwing pine cones at, at anything passing by, and they're like, oh my god, he's so cute. <laughs> Bess is like, I know that there is a substantial reward, but I would prefer to have the monkey. Like, he is adorable. And I'm like, girl, you're going to be regretting every part of that. Like, no, monkeys are not meant for your house. That's fine. Anyway, they do manage to. (laughs) They're like, how are we going to get him down? And Nancy's like, we've got a banana. We had a picnic earlier. We've got a banana. So she goes and gets a banana. She's like, hey, monkey, look, a banana. And so the monkey, like, very slowly approaches and so best and to grab it. They managed to get it into the car without incident, take it back to the plantation B&B, and the owner of the house is like, oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep the monkey for you until you can get somebody to claim the reward that's being offered, because, of course, the circus has moved on. That's what circuses do. Um, they move on. They're in your life for a brief instant, and then they move on. Um, the Butler is actually the colored Butler is actually the one who ends up taking care of the monkey. Got a lot of, mm, a lot of follow up questions. It's fine. Apparently they they form a strong bond together that the Butler and the monkey, to the point that Nancy's like I don't know if that Butler's going to give up that monkey. He's he's made a new friend. Shit, it's like Curious George, but no, <laughs> not nearly so poignant. Um, it's fine. In the meantime, um, they're still searching for June there's, they find out that June may have moved with her family to Liberty Corners. Like, apparently that's an address that's come up in their searching. So, Nancy and her father are like, you know what, fuck it, let's just charter a plane. They go to the local airstrip, like, Nancy's already looked up. Yes, there is a plane leaving for Liberty Corners, um, which, again, it's, oh, okay, sure, sure, we're just gonna cast all of that aside it's fine so like none of the actual flights are gonna take off but they do end up having to charter a fucking plane to do this which again like Carson's sinking a lot of money into this like he wants to find the heiress who he then has to reimburse for just fucking this up it's fine um so they get on the plane, there's, the weather conditions are what has made everybody else reluctant to fly in this, and it becomes like soupy fog almost immediately, and the pilot gets all turned around, and they fucking crash the airplane, the pilot crashes the airplane. Nancy, the pilot's like, buckle up, and Nancy's like, all right, but dad, buckle up, and he's like, um, if we land badly, it ain't gonna fucking matter if I'm buckled up, so he doesn't buckle his seatbelt, um. They they crash on the ground, Nancy's knocked out for a bit because again, like the poor girl can't go more than fifty pages without getting fucking concussed by some shit. Falling plaster off ceilings, we've got luggage, we've got just people braining her. It's just all bad. A plane crash, there's another book that I didn't do for this where she's in two separate train crashes in the same fucking book. Um Yeah, just just a lot. Just yeah anyway so nancy revives after the plane crash and she's like oh my god the the plane's the plane's catching on fire where's my dad where's my dad oh my god and so she's running around trying to find him like lifting wreckage with her bare hands because she is like a mother whose child is stuck under a car she's looking for her dad she something else happens and she passes the fuck out and when she wakes up she's in a house because she's respawned (laughs) no i do love that though um she wakes up and she's in some sort of she can she knows that the building is made out of stone there seem to be bars on the window so she's like i'm a prisoner and then she goes and tries the door and the door opens immediately and she's like i'm not a prisoner okay (laughs) she's also again kind of disoriented because you know um so she leaves the the house where she's been captive and she and she hears the door lock behind her and when she turns around she realizes that it's the mansion that she's been investigating every 12 hours and she just like stumbled out of there blindly because she's still worried about where her dad is um she sees the fucking fire in the distance from the fucking plane crash so there's that i think she ends up running into the fisherman who's like what's going on i think that initially like she actually gets to close to the crash site and she's like i gotta get in there and the cop's like no and she's like i was in that plane crash where's my dad and anyway um they do take her to the hospital when she walks into the hospital she's like i'm here to see carson drew and they're like there's nobody here by that name and it's like oh my god because she doesn't know if it's her dad or if it's the hel- the plane pilot And then Bess and George come up and they're like, we were just with your dad. He's upstairs. His name is just not on his intake records yet. And Nancy's like, oh, thank God. So she goes up to her dad's room and she's like, you're safe. And he's like, you're safe too. I was thrown clear from being unbuckled, which, again, so many questions. Maybe he's actually Superman. Anyway, also his head is so bandaged that it looks like a turban. Of course it is. Of course. Um, But Nancy like passes the fuck out in her dad's room. (laughs) she's like I just need to lay down for a minute um so they get her out of there because she's like I need to I can't let him see that and I'm like girl you're at a hospital just are you afraid that they're going to discover that you have no belly button what's happening here um so uh Bess and George are like can we get Nancy a stimulant and I'm like that feels like the last thing she needs right now but anyway they give her something to take her home and she like sleeps for like half the next day so yeah good times good times um i think they say that carson Carson's doing fine he's got like burns over a part of his body but it's fine and you're like yeah sure that's that's exactly what i want to hear when i'm talking about a loved one surviving a plane crash um the pilot i think broke his arm but like left <laughs> like an hour after being checked in the hospital and i'm like i'm not even sure that that's enough time to deal with that problem but okay you do you um, Nancy wants to go to Liberty Corners ASAP, even though her dad's in the hospital. And he's like, uh, sure, just maybe don't take a plane this time. And Nancy's like, I'm ahead of you on that. So she's looked up the train schedules and she's decided to take a train out there. As soon as she gets on the train, she sees the guy who painted her picture. Um, the guy who painted the portrait that he was such a complete raging asshole over the condition of. He actually does come out to her B&B because he's like visiting a friend in town. And he's like so how's the picture? And Nancy's like, so there was a thing that happened. And he's like, oh my God, show it to me immediately. Which you might be thinking that he's going to just ream her ass out over her like craptastic repair job because you are a newbie here. Those of you who have been with Nancy Drew for quite some time are like, of course he is going to praise her supernatural ability to repair shit like a professional restorer. And you would be correct. Um, He sees the painting. He's like, you did good work. And she's like, No, no, it's it's fine, like false modesty all over the place. And he's like, You you did good work. You did good work. I'm I'm proud of you. So she sees him on the train and she's like, Hey, you're are you also going to Liberty Corn? She's like, Yeah, I'm going out to visit a friend and see if she wants to maybe pose for some pictures for me. Which you're like, ding 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 ding, ding, ding red flags. But no, he seems like honestly, he seems kind of gay. Um, it's fine. So They go out there and actually the friend is June because of course and her house is boarded up and everyone's like fucking hell why is everybody's fucking house boarded up and no one knows where she is she didn't leave a boarding address she's just taken off into the night so Nancy's disappointed and she's like well I mean huh now what now what so she goes back to town During, again, one of the 47,000 trips out there to the house, um, they run into, Nancy, Bess, and George run into a couple in a car, like, there's a woman wearing a scarf over her hair and her supposedly husband is driving, and they seem nice, and they're like, hey, we're looking for this moss-covered mansion that we've heard is in this area, and they're like, oh, well, they don't really love visitors, but we'll point you in the right direction. And so, of course, Nancy, Bess, and George are, like, deeply curious about what's going to happen, because they have not had any luck getting into the house other than that time that Nancy was just abducted for like 12 minutes randomly from a plane crash site, as you do, by Frankenstein's monster. No, it's fine. Um, Seriously, though, like the house is definitely giving off most dangerous game vibes. I'm just saying. Um, It's Ship Trap Island all over again. But So they follow him up to the house and the door opens. The bearded guy sees them and says, welcome, and and, and ushers them in. And the girls look at each other and like, what the fuck? Like, what the literal fuck? What? Huh? (laughs) What? Readers of this series for some time will immediately say that woman with a scarf over her hair is the real June. And of course you are correct. Like, that's a gimme. We've got a limited number of cast members. So... Um, Ramo has been, like, skulking around the place. So, basically, Nancy, Bess, George, and Ramo are, like, the enemies that are surrounding the moss covered mansion. <laughs> at all times, they're, like, patrolling this place, looking for shit. Um, at one point, Nancy is looking around, and she hears somebody scream, go away, go away. And she's like, what the fuck? And it's a parrot, because, of course, it's a fucking parrot. And the bigger guy comes out, and he's like, come on, rainbow. And again maybe this person had read Most Dangerous Game. Um, so he, like, takes the parrot back inside, and that's fine. Um, it's cool, no big. So Nancy sees Ramo just skulking around out there, and he's apparently burying something. And so she confronts him, and they dig up what he's buried, and he's been burying cash out there in containers. And so Nancy's like, okay, how much of the money did you get from the scam? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she gets the cops out there, and he's like... I didn't get much of it it was all Madam Curry who is apparently his sister. So that's how they're connected. Um Madam Curry and her daughter's name is Venus because of course it is. Um so Madam Curry and Venus are god knows where and so Nancy knows that they have to recover them to get the money back. Um yeah because eventually like Ramo has apparently snuck into the house and put some in a cabinet in the basement. So they sneak in there and find that. And it's like, they're finding like thousands of dollars from not just this, but other scams that he's run. Um, Apparently, Ramo spent some time in prison for stealing and then like just didn't find legit work and just kept like stealing and scamming from people. Which again, it's a robust social safety net. He's burying cans in the woods because that's how well things are working. I'm just saying, um, it's fine. Anyway, so they take Ramo. I think that at one point, Ramo escapes from jail, and they track him down, and he's like, fuck this, and the cops are like, no, just get back in the car, and he does. It's fine. Like, there's no, like, dramatic last stand with an AK-47. Nancy eventually figures out that June is the person at the house that the bearded guy is a famous artist who is apparently pretty reclusive, and what she has heard is that he likes to paint wild animals, but somebody said he puts his oh it's the guy who painted her portrait is telling her about this she's like so he likes to paint wild animals and the guy who painted her is like yeah and like puts his life in danger by fucking like being in the room with them so nancy's starting to put two and two together and she's like the lion sounds the screaming the off the property i think that probably the artist who no one knows where he is right now because he's off doing a juice cleanse um is in this mansion like that explains a lot and of course there's this weird like is the place haunted is there some sort of like environmental toxin that destroyed the family which does not appear to be the case um which in other books like there is definitely this kind of shit and there's an especially fun one that we're going to enjoy that involves like these toxic vapors coming up out of the ground and nancy hallucinating about elves it's fine not in this book but in a future book um So, yeah. So she goes out there and she's like, so June is the person who's posing with you. And there's one point where the bearded guy takes the little pearl-handled revolver that Nancy found away from her. And, like, he literally, like, snatches it out of her hand and bolts. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? Like, what if it shot the... Oh, there was no brother. Like, eventually she figures out that this was basically Ramos' attempt to scare her away. And he says that he didn't want her near the house because he didn't want her to dig up his buried bank accounts, basically. So. So they go out to the house, um... She asked the bearded guy, she's like, so you're the painter? And he's like, fuck, if you know, then everyone's going to know, and they're going to just swarm me here. And I came here because it was remote, and nobody knew where I was, and fuck. And Nancy's like, no, I'm I'm not going to tell anybody that you're out here. It's just like, I wouldn't have haunted this place if you had just been like, hey, I'm a painter trying to get some work done, and I've got some dangerous animals, so please stay the fuck away. And he's like, I shouldn't have needed to. And I'm like, that's a fair point. Like, He said, don't trespass. He was just trying to get some shit done. He wasn't killing people. And she does at one point say, I bet that gun's loaded with blanks. And it is. Um, He's got a leopard, I think, that he's keeping in the house. And that's one of the ways that he basically keeps the leopard under control. He's also got dogs that patrol the property. And there's one point where Nancy has to like take a stick and beat the dog away from her, which I was like, I'm not a fan of this. Just like in the files, whenever Nancy has to deal with guard dogs, she's a lot like, less hands-on, where she's like, I'm just gonna throw some lunch meat at you. (laughs) We're gonna talk about that one. Um, So, to distract the dogs while she goes and does her shit. Um, Although, hilariously, the way that Carson dealt with that problem was he got a rope, because, of course, he's got a fucking rope, y'all. He lassos the dog and then just ties the dog to a tree so that that way they can pass. Like, he doesn't hurt the dog. He just deals with the problem. And I'm like, yes, better. We can't all lasso, but cool 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 um yeah so at the end of the book they have managed to find Madame curry and she has turned over the money and because Romo had previous theft happening like they're able to make up for all the shit that they bought apparently like they recover more money than was actually stolen from june's inheritance which interesting interesting um madame curry like all of this is condensed down into a paragraph at the end of the book madame curry is arrested and put in prison for her role in the scheme venus because she was apparently quote hypnotized by her mom into participating and didn't really want to like just basically gets off probation and rama of course is in prison because everyone's like he is a shifty character and we do not care for him um there is a point in the book where the old lady whose ceiling fucking caved in um has a heart attack like several heart attacks <laughs> and the girl stay at her house to help her recuperate and it's just nancy's like i'm i'm not a fan because she like walks into the room and the one's like gasping and's like help me and nancy's like fucking hell because she doesn't really have any anything that she can do to help intervene so she basically like uses a magazine to fan air directly into the woman's mouth and she's like okay i feel better and you're like I've got some follow-up questions. If you're having several thousand heart attacks, like maybe a hospital. And I think the doctor does eventually send a nurse out there to deal with this. Um, there's also a fun interlude where Bess is trying to bake a cake because of course she is. And although it's for a party, it's not like George being a dick. And actually, um, there's no body shaming of Bess in this one. George does at one point, like they're eating a picnic and they're like, yeah, we need... Bess is like, yeah, we need to wait until noon to eat the picnic. And George is like, fuck it, I'm famished. And, like, just starts chowing down. And I'm like, cool. Like, this is a book which is... While, of course, it contains racism because how can we get away from that? There's no actual fat shaming. So, good job. Good job, Ghostwriter. I'm working on one thing while completely just leaning in on the other. But it's fine. Um, Yeah, so June gets her money and... Actually, the picture that the artist was working on, which is June posing with the leopard, I think, um, is part of an advertising campaign. And it's on billboards, <laughs> like immediately, apparently. And so Nancy's like, yeah, every time we see those billboards, we're going to be reminded of that case that I just wouldn't stop being a nosy bitch until finally I found out that nothing weird was going on. Seriously. Like, Seriously. Ramo, who, again, like, we're doing a lot of racial stereotyping on, um, was the only person here that Nancy really needed to keep an eye on, and instead she's like, I need to find out everything about this house, which, again, like, dude clearly should not be keeping wild animals. I am, I will agree with you on that. Like, he needs somebody in there who has some experience, because, of course, the animals keep, like, getting out. Like, there's one point where the leopard gets out, because June was trying to feed him and accidentally left the cage open or some shit. like, Again, we're on Man Island. Ship Trap Island. Um, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, June's super sweet. And she, again, Robo social safety net, um, decides to give a bunch of money to the old lady so that she can repair her house and not feel shitty all the time. Like, there is one point in the book where the old woman actually says, like, I fucking hate being poor. Like, she just looks around her house and she's like, there's so much I would do, but, like, I fucking hate being poor. And I'm like, yeah, you're... You're so close to, like, drawing the connections between these things to, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So, yeah. So, in this book, Nancy, um, gets knocked the fuck out, um, a leopard comes after her. She defends herself with a chair, because, of course, she does, um, wild dog. The ceiling crashes in on her fucking head, like, there's, there's just a lot, there's a lot happening here, um, yeah. Just, just a lot. Uh, the next book we're going to talk about is the quest of the missing map, which I do love that we've got the word quest in the title, and it is indeed a quest. Nancy's got half of a missing map, and she needs to find the other half, so she knows where some treasure is. Um, that's going to be fun. So that's what we're going to pick up with next week. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it. I wish there had been more net in it. I always wish there had been more net in it, literally and figuratively phrasing. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so we'll pick up with that next week. Stay sleepy, my friends.